Hail and well met, traveler. Welcome to Threat Dice, a podcast about tabletop role-playing games, storytelling, and the vagaries of the dice. I'm your host, Kylan Wigan. I am one-third of the team at Tumbledye Games, a young company developing a new hybrid storytelling RPG called Trove. We believe in the power of story, and the goal of Trove is to empower both players and game masters to level up the action, drama, and believability in their tabletop games. You can find out more at www.tumbledye.com, or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, at TumbleDye, or Instagram. Hello everyone, and thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. Today we're going to talk about something that I think is one of the battle lines drawn today in the modern tabletop RPG scene. It's about something we refer to as crunch, though I think few of us are actually sure exactly why we call it that. I have not been able to locate a good etymology for the word. It's become as casual a word in the gamer lexicon as d20 and initiative. The crunch, simply put, refers to the rules of the game system. It is set in opposition to fluff, which describes the narrative and story portion of the game. If I had to guess, if I had to guess, these terms might arise from the wargaming scene. The fluff is all the stuff the game company crammed into the book to try and contextualize the movement of figures, the rolling of dice, and the rules that cover the encounters, the crunch. I've seen this word used to describe board games as well. It seems to have become game design shorthand for, well, not exactly complexity, but something like it. The more rules a game has, the more situations and limitations and decorations are actually covered by the rulebook, and not, for example, handled by Game Master Fiat, the more crunchy the game is. Systems like D&D 3.5, and by extension, Pathfinder, D&D 4th, Shadowrun, the original GURPS, these are all titles which focus on covering as many actions, outcomes, and generalizations as possible within their rules, meaning that, in the case of Pathfinder, for example, there are tomes piled upon tomes of rules covering everything from what exactly happens when you grab someone with a bare hand, instead of hitting them with a sword like you're supposed to, naturally, to whether or not which square you're standing in technically counts as flanking the enemy in order to grant your ally a plus two bonus, to how precisely magic items are created, how much that costs, in gold pieces of course, and what you can do when you're not actively adventuring. I use Pathfinder here as an example because I'm relatively familiar with it, and less so with the others. One of the major changes that was made to the most popular tabletop RPG on the planet, namely our old friend The Common Tongue, when it reached its 5th edition, was that they actually eliminated some of the crunch. After doubling down on it hard in the much-lamented 4th edition, which, after you've heard its story, is actually more of a tragedy of timing than the terrible mistake it's made out to be. I think Matt Colville might have discussed this in his Running the Game series, quite possibly in episode number 27. I'll include the link to the video in the show notes. Highly recommend checking it out one way or the other. They cut back hard on the carefully managed action economy in turns, returning more of the power to the hands of the DM, and trying to put an emphasis back on the narrative part of the gaming, as we theoretically did during the vaunted days of the hallowed 2nd edition. The truth is, and I speak as someone who lived through it, those hallowed golden times are mostly a myth. AD&D 2nd Edition is a mess. AD&D 2nd Edition is a mess, and only required the DM to have so much power and control because the rules were barely comprehensible half the time. 
when I was playing, we ended up house ruling Red making up your own rules so often that we were only actually playing the game as written half the time or so. Uh, okay, let's drag this back to the point, shall we? You may have heard me mention in our We Roll Dice interviews that I've come to see tabletop RPG players on a sort of spectrum. On one side you have the dungeon crawler, and on the other you have the storyteller. Players fall all over the spectrum. A predilection towards storytelling might indicate that you have a future behind the GM screen. But maybe you just really enjoy getting into and exploring the depths of making choices for someone who isn't your mundane self. Those who fall closer to the other end are more likely, though not certain, to really enjoy the rules of a game, making tactical decisions and figuring out how their abilities complement one another for maximum effectiveness. Or maybe they just like the simplicity of bonking things on the head and taking their stuff. This scale of mine could also be labeled crunchy to fluffy based on this current conversation. You've got, at the extremes, a tabletop war game with painstaking rules for distance, trajectories, injuries, and more. And on the other end, sitting around a campfire and telling stories together. Most of us like to end up somewhere in between, it's the reason we enjoy this hobby, but where? If every outcome is just decided upon by someone, it's not really a game. If instead we're recreating reality as closely as possible within a framework of random outcomes, it's not really role-playing anymore. Or maybe it is, but not really in the spirit of the hobby as we've come to know and appreciate it. If we limit our spectrum to things we would recognize as tabletop RPGs, we'd probably have Pathfinder, Shadowrun, and Rollmaster sitting on one end. I've played some Rollmaster, and yeah, it is definitely crunchy. And on the other side, I think we'd be looking at things like Powered by the Apocalypse games, Fate, and maybe the stripped-down basic role-playing known as BRP, although I'm not as familiar with it. Burning Wheel would fall more toward the narrative side, but my limited experience with Torchbearer, a Burning Wheel-derived game, indicates to me that there might be a bit more there from a simulationist standpoint. I'd welcome any personal perspectives on that one. Hit me up on Twitter, at TumbleDie. Uh, if you've played Burning Wheel and want to share the experience, please do. A game like Numenera and the Cypher System falls more toward the narrative, but isn't entirely devoid of the crunch. Same goes for the Genesis System, powering the most recent iteration of Star Wars RPGs. Definitely more narrative and descriptive. They even call their special dice narrative dice. But having played it, there's still a fair amount of crunchy rules in there. Om nom nom. In the middle, on the other side, we'd find games like The Common Tongue and its older variants, more designed as combat simulations, but not entirely devoid of narrative. There's probably a thousand small systems in this space, all based off the original dungeon crawler idea in one way or another. Over the past 20 years, with D&D leading the way, starting particularly with D&D 3, the focus on tabletop RPGs has slowly shifted to long stories that center on the player characters, write them into the weave of the fiction, and carry them from levels 1 to 20 in a single long story arc. Wizards of the Coast has been particularly pushing this arc during the current system's existence, releasing three-volume campaigns, not campaign settings, but fully detailed story arcs, designed to take the weight off the GM and onto their team of writers. This trend has encouraged those players who enjoy this style to spin off and take the concept of shared narrative even further, de-emphasizing rule systems and increasing the focus on the story. Games like Fate, Apocalypse World, PBTA, and so on. On the other side, there is the rise of the OSR players, 
This stands for Old School Renaissance, a movement of players who aren't as pleased with the shift toward narrative art gameplay, and prefer the older adventure style. We now see the base of players breaking into factions, as humans are wont to do. All the while, with D&D 5th edition stuck in the middle, as everyone's baseline, almost directly halfway between old school adventure and new narrative arcs. I admit, I find it a bit ironic, myself, that Wizards of the Coast particularly emphasized when creating D&D Next, as they called it early on, that they were moving away from the gameplay models of D&D 3.5 and 4, and back toward the days of yore, and then have since proceeded to go ahead and publish nothing but narrative arc modules designed for the more modern style of play. It's kind of funny, actually. I wonder if they realize what's going on there. I've been thinking about this subject quite a bit lately, as you might be able to tell. Personally, I seem to be of two minds about the whole thing. My whole life, I've been trying to craft a narrative inside of the RPGs I've played. I never found one that supported the kinds of stories that I wanted to tell. I've been searching for years for a system that would just get out of the way, let me create whatever kind of characters I wanted, and craft a story for those characters that was fun for everyone involved. Of particular importance to me was the idea of making sure a character concept got a full hearing after a rather unpleasant series of games during the development of my very first custom RPG system, where I lost four characters in five sessions. The lethality might have been tuned a little too high on that one. Creating that kind of story-crafting game is right now very high on my list. It's what we're working on right now, here at TumbleDye. Some of the people currently playtesting it are storytellers themselves, who are willing to share in a story and participate in the kinds of twists and turns that I would put into a novel I was writing. When it works, it's amazing! And yet, once a week, I play in a Pathfinder 1st Edition game. Though it has the same arc that I'm not as happy with on the whole, and wouldn't choose for myself, it's still a lot of fun. There's something to be said, especially for a mind like mine, which just loves devouring and understanding how systems work. There's a reason I work as a systems analyst during the day. For a game of near-limitless complexity. I love understanding the language of Pathfinder, how to use its rules, and I also find myself frustrated sometimes. Because when you build a character a specific way... Sometimes it's the GM's job to throw things at you specifically designed to mess with that character. My current Pathfinder character is very good at one thing, stabbing things at close range until they die. But faced with a flying foe, or one resistant to piercing damage, or one that can't be critically hit, for example, yeah, I end up trying weird out-of-the-box solutions when the one I've chosen to favor for this character doesn't work. That's not a bug in Pathfinder. It's a feature. That's the crunch. That crunch is what has driven much of my gaming life, until my recent discovery of more narratively focused games. Because I like to understand systems, I get bored when I'm doing the same thing for too long. This is why I prefer GMing on the whole. And since crunchy games like D&D and Pathfinder don't really allow you to explore much outside of your chosen path, Unless you want to severely limit your effectiveness by, say, having your rogue take two random levels of wizard, I end up just wanting to start over with a new game and a new character so that I can see another aspect of the game's system. My refuge has been the narrative, because that's where I can find my consistency and my reason to keep playing the same character for a long period of time, 
even when I'm bored by the systematic parts of it, because for me, it becomes a solved problem. And yet, the more that I have been playing in these high-concept, narrative-driven games of late, the louder a voice, somewhere deep and dark within me, has been whispering. It keeps saying, but what about adventure? After the break, we'll talk about this split between the mirrored drives of tabletop RPGs, the clarion call of story, drama, action, and conclusion, and the dark, eldritch whispers of risk, luck, danger, and sudden death. Welcome back. Okay, so we've established that there is a range between crunch and fluff, and that ideally, as most people who are playing tabletop RPGs, that we probably want to fall somewhere in between. Exactly where in between is a matter of personal preference. Some folks prefer more rules, and some prefer fewer. There's a wide range of games to satisfy both, and with luck, you might find, as a player, one that generally fits your preferences well enough to be worn until it feels like a comfortable sock. On pure numbers alone, odds are it'll be D&D 5th edition, but that's neither here nor there. So here's my thesis. The goal of crunchy or simulationist games is to simulate reality, on a scale of kind of to, uh, how many pages of rules are there again? The goal of fluffy or narrative systems is to provide an entertaining story of just about any kind, while as much as possible getting rules out of the way so that the players can participate in the story they want to tell. Is it possible to have both while only playing a single game? After much reflection on the matter, I'm not sure it is possible. One of the core conflicts is that the central aim is different. In a narrative side game, we want it to feel like a story. We want it to have rising tension, clashes of wills, and sometimes blades. We want there to be conflict and danger, but at the end, it needs to wrap up in a conclusion, whether in victory or tragedy. Characters in a story might be sacrificed along the way, but it's truly rare that a main character gets sacrificed. In general, it's the equivalent of a high-profile, important NPC who dies, unless it's a heroic sacrifice during the final conflict. Everybody else might come close to death, but will muddle through with ingenuity and grit until they pass the finish line at the end. And do not bring up Ned Stark. That's a longer discussion for another day. That's actually how we tell ourselves the world works, too. Storytelling is so ingrained in the human experience that we backwards rationalize all the random stuff that happens to us in life, smoothing it out in our imperfect memories until it becomes a narrative arc. Humans are really good at this, because it's how we've kept our history alive through countless generations. If we weren't really good at stories, do you think anyone at all would remember anything about Achilles, a story written over 2,000 years ago? The fact that we even remember any details in the modern day about stories like Gilgamesh, 
or even King Arthur, an anachronism derived around 800 years ago by a French poet, should tell you just how important stories are to the human experience. On the narrative side of gaming, the character is of prime importance, because they are the lens through which the player sees and shares the world. By contrast, the core aim of the old-school adventure games reflects something different. They look to remind us of the cold realities of existence. They embrace randomness, lethality, and the creativity and ingenuity of the player over the character. Adventure-type games are games, first and foremost. They're designed to give the player a good time, working through rules, making sure those rules work for them, and being clever as themselves. The lens of the character on their sheet is a shallow one, at best. These games are, theoretically, high-risk, high-reward. You as the player, with only a thin line separating you from the world, are imagining stepping into this world of danger in order to find some treasure or explore another realm. Honestly, I think I can liken these experiences this way. The narrative side of gaming is like second-world fantasy novels. The Lord of the Rings is the prime example. Second-world fantasy takes place entirely within that world. It is a world extant unto itself, where we see everything through the lens of the characters who live there. The reader and author as human beings are unimportant here. What matters is the characters inside the world and how they react to their circumstances. The adventure-style gaming is different. It's closer to a portal fantasy, like Narnia, for example. In that, people from the real world assume magical identities within a magical realm, but they're still the people that they were on the outside regardless of how the characters within the fantasy world see them. In the old-school approach, it's up to us as players to see through the puzzles and traps of the world, because we're supposed to be the ones there, even if we have a character sheet saying we can lift something heavier than we could in real life. As I discussed in our episode Charisma, published on July 10th, 2020, I actually personally don't agree with this old-school approach of player first. I find it inherently limiting and causing players to gravitate toward taking on roles they feel like they could manage in real life. I would never presume to tell someone that it's wrong to play that way, but it's definitely not my preference. However, there is undeniably part of me that whispers about a game that is more fiction than fantasy, as renowned tabletop advice giver Matt Colville would say, where the dice are the final arbiters, and every outcome from amazing success to instant death is possible every time you pick up the dice to roll. Is there a game out there that manages to bridge this divide? To allow for the character to be the primary lens through which you see the world, but also provide for the kind of danger, risk, and randomness you might see in one of these OSR games. I think the crux of this is that people tend to get attached to their characters. It's why, back in the old days, some GMs started rolling their dice behind the big screen, instead of out in the open. Some GMs wanted the option to be able to blunt a critical hit or a killing blow, because players get mad when their characters die suddenly. It's normal for us to get attached to our alter egos. After all, we've invested a lot of time and effort into them. If they can be killed by random happenstance, why should we get attached at all? Now, in D&D, you can pretty much always get a resurrection once you're past a certain level of play, for the same reason. If we know that the character will be back soon, good as new, there's no reason to worry, right? Games are escapism. In many cases, we play them to get away from reality, 
And maybe that's why the old-school games work primarily on self-insert. If the player is just playing a game and their avatar dies, much like a video game, the player is obviously fine, and if needed, they just make a new one. There's no arc to be invested in. Nothing is lost except for maybe some imaginary points and some time. Death is more like changing your outfit. You might take off the fighter's baldric and put on your robe and wizard hat. But nothing has really changed, because you as the player is still primarily what's driving things. It's true that in general, games that fall on the side of wanting to provide a story are lighter rule sets, with less crunch about them, because of what they are trying to emphasize. Crunchy games, on the other hand, want to, as much as possible, accurately represent a world which is not our own, and those kind of rules tend to interrupt storytelling in a rather unpleasant fashion when the dice don't go the right way. Is there a way to unite these two gameplay styles, to provide both adventure and story in a single game? I'm not really sure there is, to be honest. What about uniting crunch and fluff in a way that provides more tactical players with a satisfying rule set, but still providing endless opportunity for soaring narrative arcs that come to a conclusion in their own time? That might be closer to possible, but I haven't found a game like that yet. The more narrative games blunt the risk to accommodate for character investment, and the more simulationist games de-emphasize character and story to allow for danger and random outcomes. In the end, it comes down to figuring out what's right for you, as a player or a game master. And whatever you decide is right for you, the next step is to find players who want to experience that with you. Do you like the crunch? Find other crunchy players to share it with. And pick a system with depth and passion that will keep everyone entertained. Prefer the fluff? Pick up one of the wonderful narrative-focused games on the market right now, and live out any story you can imagine. And if, like me, both story and adventure call to you, well, you might have to clear out a second night every week, and just play both. Thanks so much for joining me today. Before we go, one quick thing. If you're enjoying Threat Dice, please leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform, or tweet us, at TumbleDie. I'll read any reviews into the announcements on the next session. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, may the road ever rise to meet you. Threat Dice is a production of TumbleDie Games, LLC. Our intro music is What Lies Beyond, the interludes are Clockwork, and the outro music is Storm, all by Vincevept. Check out his amazing work at youtube.com slash Vincevept. V-I-N-D-S-V-E-P-T. Additional music by Andre Sitkov and Andy Ray. This episode was produced and recorded by me, Kylan Wigan. Violence is what people do when they run out of good ideas. It's attractive because it's simple, it's direct, it's almost always available as an option. When you can't think of a good rebuttal for your opponent's argument, you can always punch them in the face. You can find Threat Dice on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.